You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you for tuning in on this Monday. We've got a a good show for you. We're going to have a little bit of an update on Joey's season of filming. I'm starting to get some info. We have someone from Bachelor in Paradise already disputing their edit. Actually, two people. I'm going to tell you about my experience watching the Taylor Swift movie this past Friday night. If you were following along on Instagram story, you probably saw a lot of it. Going to talk about the challenge from Thursday night. Finally watched it over the weekend. We are at our finals. F-Boy Island begins tonight on the CW. Let's not forget about that. And Big Brother also tonight, or actually last night. I really like this twist. And we're going to discuss it. So a lot to get to. We'll get to that momentarily. To start an update from Clayton's accuser. After I went full ham on her. In my podcast at the end of last week. And hopefully you watched Dave Neal's video on Friday, which completely debunked this sonogram that she had sent me and Dave and Clayton I was just real curious to see, well, what is the next move? What is going to happen? I told you she's going to say something. She's going to say something is wrong or this or that or whatever. Well, she emailed me. She emailed Dave and she emailed Clayton on Friday, late Friday night. I don't need to read the whole email, but I'll tell you the gist of it. She's quintupled down. Her email says, at some point in it, I don't need to read the whole thing, but she says, I am definitely, I am very definitely pregnant. I have better things to do with my time than try and prove myself to you guys who are going to defame me regardless of what I say or do. I would have no reason to continue to subject myself to cyberbullying harassment if I were not still pregnant. There would be no point to it. Clayton has been invited to my blood draw and sonogram next week where he could be able to see how pregnant I am for himself, but he has chosen not to. I'd hope in the meantime you would find other things to talk about other than me when I prove all of you wrong. So, after my rant of calling her out and saying there is no way she is pregnant with Clayton's children, after Dave Neal completely debunked the sonogram that she sent me proving her pregnancy, and she sent Clayton proving her pregnancy. She has the audacity on Friday night to say, hey, guys, I don't care if you don't believe me. I'm pregnant and I'm delivering and they're going to be my kids. Great. (laughs) I know that ain't happening. It's just not. Now, I responded to her emails. First time I responded to her email. I resp- outside of the one where I said, I want nothing to do with you. She's sent probably three or four emails since then, never responded to any of them. But I responded to this one on Friday night because now so many things that she has done have been called into question. I'm like, you know what? I'll talk to you. Let's talk about this. But I don't want you recording it. No response. This is a woman who has no problem emailing me when I never email her. But the one time I emailed her back where I'm actually like, yeah, let's talk about this. No response. So who knows where it goes from here? I think all of you can see what's happening, but there are so many things 
that just don't make any sense, don't add up. We've gone over all this stuff. And yet she's still saying at five months, I am five months pregnant. I've got twins and they're Clayton's. I'm just like, she's running out of time to figure something out of how she's going to handle this. I know how she's going to end up. I know how the, I know what the end result of this is going to be. Dave knows what the end result of this is going to be. Clayton knows what the end result of this is going to be. And if anybody out there has been following this, you all know what the end result will eventually be. Because at five months, she doesn't have many options left. She basically has two. I don't think I need to lay them out for you. So I'll keep you updated, but I would absolutely love to get her on the phone. I told her I would, and now she won't respond to me. What a shocker. Now she's taking the route of, well, I don't need to prove any, but I, I'm done proving myself to you guys, so leave me alone. And it's like, uh, you haven't proved anything to myself, Dave or Clayton, or anybody else for that matter. You think you have because you sent a neurology appointment email. You think you have, but you sent a sonogram that's been debunked. I just, you know, and even in that email that I just read you, that she wrote on Friday night saying, I've asked Clayton to come to my blood draw and my sonogram next week. And he hasn't responded and he doesn't, or he doesn't want to, what was the exact, I want to get the exact wording, right? So I don't misquote her. Clayton has been invited to my blood draw and sonogram next week where he would be able to see how pregnant I am for himself, but he has chosen not to. Okay. Number one, Clayton hasn't responded to her. So I guess that's her way of saying he's chosen not to, he hasn't chosen anything. He just had, why would he show up to a blood draw and a sonogram when he knows ever since March, ever since May 20th, he's known he's not the father. Why would he show up? He wants you out of his life. He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to deal with you. You record conversations behind people's backs. You know, he doesn't want any part of you. That's why he hasn't responded to you. And that's why he doesn't want to go to your blood draw and sonogram, which again, is very hard to believe considering everything we've gone over. So that's the latest from Clayton's accuser, and I'll keep you updated if anything new happens. Let's begin with Joey's season of The Bachelor. Last night was rose ceremony number six in Montreal, and they are headed to Jasper, Canada. So today should be an off day of filming. They will start filming Tuesday and then they will be out of Jasper by the weekend. And looks like so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday rose ceremony. Looks like unless they do the whole let's do three one-on-ones and a group date. We just don't know because we don't know how many are going. It's either going to be six or seven. So we're looking at <clears throat> either them leaving Canada on Friday, which means the first hometown date would be on Sunday or they're going to leave Canada on Saturday, and the first hometown date would be next Monday. But we do have a little bit of information uh, this past weekend, and that is that there was a seven-woman group date, as I posted on Twitter on Friday. There was a seven-woman group date on Friday, and it was in Old Montreal, and they played street hockey in an alleyway. There are reports out there of the people that were on that date and the people that are left on the show. What I can say is I haven't seen one report that's right. I know everybody that's left on the show. 
But since we had a rose ceremony last night, I want to see exactly how many are going to Jasper. And I have heard some other things about this season that I'm going to start filling you in. So this week, you're going to get some stuff on this season, and you're going to have basically your final six or seven once I find out who got eliminated last night uh, in Montreal. Hopefully, I will get it sooner rather than later. But um, some things that uh, you know happened, who's left, who isn't, all that stuff. Now, I have not seen everything out there in terms of who's left. I've had people tweet at me. I've had people Instagram message me in terms of who they think. I'm just saying what I've received, I haven't seen one correct answer yet. So, of everything, of everybody that is left. So, just keep that in mind. But I think this week we're going to start getting some answers. And uh, I think it's going to be very, very productive. And you will have all your women in the last episode before hometown dates. So, you know, it's going to turn into, oh, I think these four are getting hometowns. Just like, yeah, you're guessing, but you know, the, you'll know the final six or seven. So really, how hard is it to guess at that point? You know, but you're going to get it this week. I hope. So keep that in mind and we'll move forward with that. Bachelor in Paradise, this happens every year, right? I mean, every year. <laughs> and that is things are not shown maybe in out of order. Maybe things are shown differently than what it was aired on television, what happened in reality. And immediately certain contestants will take to social media to tell everybody what really went down. Of course, who was the person in the last episode of Bachelor in Paradise that was criticized the most by the public? It was Kat. So, not very surprising that Kat took to her social media this weekend to fill everybody in on what really happened with Brayden. This is what she tweeted on Saturday. Did I check in with him prior to the date? She's talking all about uh, Brayden here. Did I check in with him prior to the date? Yes. Did he tell me he was fine with the situation and then say other things to others? Yes. Did I validate his feelings? Yes. Did he gaslight me for validating his feelings? Yes. Did he have toxic responses when I tried to explain my feelings? Yes. Was that very triggering for me? Yes. Did they only show the part where I finally got frustrated as if it was the whole conversation? Yes. And that last yes was in bold. All right. First off, quit saying you were gaslit. You weren't. Are you really? <laughs> that conversation? A lot of people just don't understand the definition of gaslighting. That conversation where Kat and Braden were discussing what happened before she went on the date with Tanner was not gaslighting. He was not gaslighting you, Kat. You aren't even in the same ballpark. In terms of being gaslit, I, ugh, you know, one of my pet peeves is how quickly that word is thrown around. Really? He was making you question your own reality over a, you know, a period of abuse, mental abuse. No, <laughs> not quite. But everything else, again, this is her side. We weren't shown with her checking her checking in with him prior to the date. We weren't shown 
him being fine with the situation and then saying other things to others. Did I validate his feelings? Yes. Did he gaslight me for validating his feelings? Yes. I, you weren't gaslit, so I'm dismissing that statement. Did he have toxic responses when I tried to explain my feelings? Yes. Okay, that needs more explanation. Toxic responses. Braden. He didn't raise his voice. He was just sitting there kind of nodding and letting her go off. So while she may think that, when you just throw a blanket statement out there, did he have toxic responses when I try to explain my feelings? Yes. Uh, okay, I, you kind of need to explain yourself there. It's just, oh, we're just supposed to take your word for it? Who do you think you are, Clayton's accuser? <laughs> Was that very triggering for me? Yes. Okay, well, I mean, if that's what he did and it was triggering for you, I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't, but I want explanation and I want details of exactly what his toxic responses were because of what they showed us, just like you're saying, hey, they didn't show you this part. Well, they didn't show us Braden having toxic responses. So if you're now going to accuse him of toxic responses, you need to provide examples. Did they only show the part where you finally got frustrated as a whole conversation? Yes. Okay. We saw you clearly getting frustrated and you did most of the talking in that conversation. So I'm sure that there was more that was left out, but we need to know more. So this tweet of hers that she also put on her Instagram story, it kind of falls on deaf ears because there's just not enough here. There's not enough meat in this story, in this tweet. We need details. And I guess there is a part of her that is technically in your contract when you go on this show. You're not supposed to talk about things that aren't aired. However, we've heard <laughs> we've heard for years of people going on podcasts, people going on social media talking about things that never aired. So, I maybe because she's still in it and maybe because the show is still airing, she doesn't want to get into details, which is fine. But when this is all said and done, and we know that Kat is engaged to John Henry, maybe she will come out and say something. Or maybe they are going to film a reunion show at some point. Maybe she'll be more clear there. I don't know, but I can understand Kat in this scenario giving us the bare minimum here of just like, hey, things were not as they seem. I can give you this right now, but I don't want to say exactly. I can't give details of what Braden said that I consider a toxic response. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But keep that in mind for Kat and this tweet. The other one was She's All Batch put out a reel over the weekend. It might have been an Instagram story. But it was basically saying, remember when Jess told two different guys that she feels bloated and that's why she's in a one-piece? The audio clip is the same exact audio clip both times. And both times, we don't even see her saying it, which it really doesn't matter. She clearly said it because that's her voice, but the audio clip is the same exact tone and voice inflection both times. So the second time they played it, she was walking away with, I believe, Tanner. And was it Tanner? I, I forget which one it was. But the second time when she was walking away, it um, it's definitely the same exact clip from the first one. If you don't believe it or you want to hear it, go to She's All Batch uh, Instagram account and listen to that. So she played it. So, yeah, Jess didn't say it twice. She only said it once. 
Now, let's get to my favorite topic in the world, Taylor Swift. Friday night, I went and saw the Eras Tour in the movie theater. The number one response that I got from everybody that messaged me on Instagram as I was posting it on my Instagram stories was, were you the only person in the theater? Yeah, it kind of looked that way, didn't it? No, and I wasn't. And here's the amazing thing. Every seat was filled. I know it doesn't look that way, but I was in the very last row. I want to say there were probably between 125 and 150 seats in that theater. I was in the very last row, but it was one of those theaters where the seats recline. They are recliner leather seats, and you have a waiter come to your seat to bring you your food and drink. So when you were seeing the seats that were down in front of me, those were all reclined seats, and there were not a lot of adults there. It was a lot of adults walking in with four kids. So everybody, these recliner seats were very high, the back of them. So that's why you couldn't see anybody sitting in them. But trust me, every seat was filled in that theater. I know it was hard to believe, but they were. And the other thing is, I actually went to a Cinemark one. Because when she released this, remember the day that she came out and said, AMC Theaters is going to show my tour? AMC Theaters in my area, every single one of them was literally sold out within hours. And so... I think what some people didn't realize is Cinemark picked up. It was it was airing at certain Cinemark theaters as well. So I ended up going to a Cinemark theater that was maybe 15, 20 minutes from my house versus there was an AMC that was closer, but it had sold out and tickets weren't available, at least on Friday, this this past Friday the 13th. And that was the, the one time I could go. So, or the or the most convenient time I could go. So, yeah, I ended up going to a Cinemark, and it was definitely, I shouldn't say every single seat was filled, but it was at least 90% filled. There could have been seats here and there that I didn't see somebody sit in. And, yeah, it's just that those seats are very high, and there were so many little kids there, you wouldn't see them sitting in a seat because they'd be covered up from where I was sitting because I was sitting behind everybody. I had nobody behind me because I was in the last row. As for the concert itself in the theater, I thought there would be a lot more singing. I've seen clips on TikTok over the weekend and on Instagram stories where there are some theaters where everyone was basically just standing up and jumping around and dancing and singing. That wasn't my theater. I'm sure people were singing in their seats, but nobody was screaming at the top of their lungs. And from where I was sitting, I couldn't hear any singing going on. Now, maybe it is because it is an enclosed theater and the and the music was so loud in there that you it drowned out anybody who was singing. There was a group of about four or five little kids, none of them were older than probably 10 years old, that were seated by an aisle, but they stood up the whole movie and were dancing and jumping around. But from where I was, I couldn't hear a word coming out of their mouth. I could just see them bebopping around and jumping up and down. And they literally jumped up and down for the whole two hours and 45 minutes. So they took about five songs out of what you saw on the Eras tour. And I think the cool thing about this experience and watching the Eras movie, because even if you went to the concert, you'd be like, why would I want to go see it in, in the movie theater when I saw it there? I, I went to it live, whether you went once or twice or three times or whatever. It's because... 
This was filmed at her SoFi stop, which was the last stop of the U.S. tour. And anybody that saw her before that, there was not drones and cameras literally on stage with her. So I think the cool thing about this movie is you get to see it from a perspective that you didn't see it when you watched it live. When I watched it live, number one, I was on my phone a lot recording stuff. Two, I was looking at the screen a lot. And three, I was, you know, I was in the hundred sections, but I was still far away from the stage. I couldn't really pay attention to what anyone was doing up there. And you just get a better bird's eye view of her, her facial expressions, her dancing, her dancers, a lot of shots of her backup dancers in the movie. And it's just basically two hours and 45 minutes of Taylor songs. Like if you like Taylor and you liked her enough to spend 1500 to 3000 on tickets, I don't know why you wouldn't spend $19.89 to go see it again and sing along with people, you know? I had a great time. I enjoyed it. The only thing that was disappointing about the movie is that for her movie, her Eras Tour movie, you can buy a large popcorn bucket that is a Taylor Swift Eras popcorn bucket. And my theater didn't have any. They were sold out. So I was bummed. I had to eat popcorn out of a regular bucket. So, yeah, that's my only complaint. Um, it was it was I enjoyed it. I knew I would. And it was cool to see a lot of close-up stuff because when she was at SoFi, she literally had, you know, drones and cameras that were on wires following her around. And you just got a lot of really close shots of her that you're just not going to get when you're there in the audience, especially if you sat up in the 400 sections or the 500 sections. This is a completely new way to watch this. I watched the challenge from this past Friday or Thursday and... I, you know, once again, I think I got this in one of the reader emails that I read on the Daily Roundup. I Is Josh ever going to get to a final? I, I don't think so. And I can't even remember if he's on the new MTV show that starts in either this week or next week because he's never won. I think he might be on it. I can't remember. I probably should have looked that up, but I didn't. I just, I don't think he's a great competitor. He's not good in in challenges or the arena. He really isn't. So I don't know how he's ever going to win. But on this season, when everything was laid out for him to win, he still couldn't win, (laughs) you know? And the fact that he turned on Bananas the way he did, that kind of sucked. But as Bananas said, it was kind of karma, you know? Bananas had, what, five balls in the hopper? I can't, I can't remember the ball breakdown, but definitely, yeah, I think he had five. Josh had two, and someone else had one, and it ended up being Josh. So, yeah, it's almost like turnabout is fair play, and that's what he gets. New show tonight on the CW. Not everybody's going to get this channel, but it is F-Boy Island. Katie Thurston is one of the three women. I, I don't know how I'm going to watch this tonight and get to everything, and play poker with the boys online. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll figure it out. I might not watch F-Boy Island tonight. I might have to watch it tomorrow because Tuesday is kind of a slower day for me. Oh, no, I got two hours of Dance with the Stars, so I don't know. I'll figure it out. Oh, and Big Brother. Shit. Somehow I'll figure it out. I'll watch F-Boy Island either tonight or uh, tomorrow, but it's on the CW, and Katie, along with two other women, are the three main women 
There's, I believe, 10 F-boys and 11 good guys, or vice versa. 21 guys. Well, they will have you believe it's 21 guys to start the season. I'll just leave it at that. I have not seen any episodes. I'm just aware of some things that happen on F-Boy Island, and I'm also aware of some things that happen on F-Girl Island. And maybe I will share that with you, only because I can't say I'm thrilled with some of the things that have gone down in the last couple weeks. And I, I, I hate to be vague here, but I will, if I can, I will expand more. I'm still trying to get answers. And if I don't get the answers that I like, then I will share with you. But it does start tonight, and if you haven't seen the show, it's actually really good. I'm really curious to see how it plays on the CW because the first two seasons were on HBO Max, and there was tons of cursing. They were able to go over the top with their sexual innuendos. You're just not going to be able to get away with that on the CW. So I'm curious to see how PG they make it and if they just if they have them curse still but they just bleep it out. Because on HBO Max, they could just curse and say whatever. So I'm interested to see how this plays now on network TV. And finally, Big Brother last night. I love the Invisible HOH. Now, with eight people left, I don't think it's very hard. Because obviously we as the audience know. And if you didn't watch last night, again, spoiler alert, three, two, one. Jag won HOH for BB Comics, did it in the fastest time, eight minutes and 30 seconds. But he tells he tells uh, Matt and he tells Corey in America. So those four clearly know it's him. The other four don't. But when he nominates Felicia and Blue, yes, Blue thinks it's either Corey or America that put her up or possibly... Matt Jack, she doesn't know for sure. And then Felicia knows it wasn't Sari that won, it wasn't Blue that won, and it wasn't uh, Bowie that won because she wouldn't think that. So while they don't know who won HOH just by the noms, they know it's of the it's either Corey, America, Matt, or Jag. So this is a this is an HOH that I think could be really cool in the more in the beginning of the season. When there's so many people left, like with 12 people left or 13, you know, anywhere between like 10 and 13 people left, because then you could really get tricky with it. And the person who wins HOH and is invisible with that many people left, it might be harder to figure out, well, who actually won HOH blue has blue knows it came from one of four people and Felicia knows it came from one of four people. I'm just saying, if there's 12 people left in the house and you do this HOH, and the HOH is allowed to be invisible, that changes things up, and it might make it a little more interesting. I don't know. I also don't know if this has ever happened before. I would I would believe they've done an invisible HOH, haven't they? With the same exact stipulations where next week, JAG is going to be able to be playing in the HOH. But I, I could be wrong. Maybe this is the first time they've ever done this. But I like it. I just think maybe you do it with more people left because Bowie, Jane, Felicia, Blue, and Suri know it's one of the other four, that one. It's just, they know it is. But that, that might be me nitpicking, 
I like it. I like the Invisible HOH, and I like the fact that they get to compete in the HOH next week. I just think maybe it's more effective if they do it with 12 left. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. I'm telling you, I really think we're getting closer uh, for me to be able to fill you in on some things happening on Joey's season. So keep it right here all week, and hopefully I'll let you know. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!